The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. We're joined now by Diane Coyle, who's Bennett Professor of Public Policy at the University of Cambridge. Diane, good morning to you. Thank you for being with us on Bloomberg Radio. We're still digesting the full details of the Bank of England's forecast, but it's not a great picture. Half a million people out of work, the economy to shrink for the next 18 months. What's your assessment of the economic outlook for the UK now? It obviously is a bit depressing. It's important to note that the Bank of England forecast is using the interest rates that the markets are pricing in. And it was signalling at the same time that it doesn't expect that the rates will go quite so high. So it might not be all that bad. But for many people, it already is. Mortgage rates have already gone up. There's research from the National Institute showing that thousands of households now have mortgage payments due that are more than their monthly take-home pay. And there's the energy shock and food prices going up. So for some people, we're already uh, in a really bad position and that's going to continue for for some time. What the bank's trying to do, I think, is manage expectations to embed the idea that it's going to not let inflation stay high. It will bring it down. Um, uh, But at the same time, um, provide a little bit of reassurance from its, its, its messaging around the forecast that perhaps it won't be quite as bad as it's saying. Mm. Um, Helena Morrissey was one of the business people sort of this week showing some frustration at just how grim the messaging is, you know, saying that leadership needs to give hope and sort of find solutions. Um, I suppose is one of the solutions uh, sort of putting aside consumers and just focusing on businesses that actually zombie businesses may, you know, go out of, of business. They've been kept alive by kind of low interest rates and that that actually might fire up the UK economy. Is there some silver lining, Diane? Well, usually we do get an increase in productivity when there's a recession because the weakest businesses go to the wall and so the more productive ones are those that are left behind. That hasn't happened so much because of interventions um, after the financial crisis or after the pandemic so that, that there is that possibility but i think the important thing is to focus on how do we grow more productive businesses rather than just put out of business the ones that are not so productive that's going to depend a lot on the chancellor's measures in his next statement and the bank of england is in a terrible position because it's trying to use monetary policy to tackle supply side shocks that's not easy to do and there, there are very uncertain circumstances. Um, so I think what, what, what we see in the Chancellor's statement is going to be really important for the outlook. I mean, the productivity problem in the UK is not new. What can the Chancellor do to address that? Invest in supply-side um, measures like infrastructure. And there are reports this morning that those projects are in line for being cut during mm. the budget um, so it's all about investment. We've not had enough investment, either public or private. And I think 
it would be a really bad signal if the Chancellor um, sends that message that, pri- that public investment is going to get cut. What confidence does that give private investors? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so I suppose then <laughs> the problem with that, though, is the very limited pot of money that the government's actually got. I mean, uh, the, the forecasts uh, range between sort of 35 and up to 60 billion uh, pounds in terms of um, the fiscal hole that the government's got to try to cover. How do you think that the government can enact a kind of serious plan for supply side reforms? I mean, it was it was certainly something that trusts raised and mentioned but there was no actual plan well i'd say two things one is that there's been no consistency in supply side measures and that's within the 12 years of conservative government the same party has been chopping and changing in its measures uh, announcing things and then marching back down the hill so some consistency please because we can't keep putting off the investments that, that are needed um and the i mean the other issue really is um we've never we've not tried at scale uh, devolving power to uh, cities so that they can take their fortunes into their own hands uh, investing in skills all of these things have been talked about for a long time as you say it's a long-term problem i don't think they've ever seriously been implemented and really now is the time to do it but that filling the hole takes you into the political territory of how much they're prepared to raise taxes as a conservative government. I think many economists don't see any issue in raising taxes at the moment. That handles the demand side, makes the Bank of England's job easier Mm. and saves the uh, money, the public money for investments that's badly needed. But it's it's a difficult political decision to make at a time when prices are rising and people feel their incomes are being squeezed to increase taxes as well. Are you saying that it's it's worth taking that step now for the longer term? I think the thing at the moment is about protecting the most vulnerable people who are in that position, but there are many people who are not, and they will have to bear some of that, that, that burden if if it's not going to be done by cuts to public services and public investment. Mm. Um, is there still an issue... Uh, it seems evident that there is still an issue with the Conservative government in terms of the... Um, the criticism of institutions do you think that that has damaged the uk now the criticism again from the trade secretary kemi badenock who was speaking to us here on bloomberg radio she basically disputed the obr's views um around kind of forecasting was quite critical of them uh, criticized the fact that they thought that brexit would harm trade in the long term she didn't agree and you've had that that kind of repeated criticism um from the Conservatives, of the OBR, of the Bank of England. Does that, do you think that that has damaged those institutions? It's really unhelpful to, um, for, of politicians to undermine those kinds of institutions at precisely the moment when we have had, uh, when we've seen the damage that can do um, to people's um, monthly income and, and their standard of living. It's incredibly damaging to do that. I mean, it's not that these institutions should be above criticism, and there are many things that you could criti- criticise them for. And I myself have uh, in the past criticised the Treasury for some of its very embedded attitudes. So it's not wrong, but it's the way that the way that you do it and the way that reality gets disputed. I mean, there is no denying the impact that Brexit has had on trade and on investment since the vote in 2016 and since the implementation of all the measures. But, but there is denial. There's sort of widespread denial across the whole of the UK, but particularly in the political class that that is true. 
Well, that you can. You, there's denial in the sense that you can deny reality. I'm talking about the reality of it. And uh, the many, many companies that are trying to export and struggling now and will continue to struggle. And the fact that importing um, imp- uh, components and medicines is becoming so much more difficult. I mean, you do. Do you think that Rishi Sunak that. No, do you think that Rishi Sunak, with all of his city experience, is in denial about the impacts of Brexit? Well, I think he's uh, restricted in what he can say about it. Where, where, how, how do we, how does Britain move on from that? I mean, the, aside from the denial issues, there are practical elements that could be addressed. What, what could ease that damage that you're talking about? Well, I think it would be quite straightforward to have discussions with the European Union that eased some of the restrictions uh, uh, that um, withdrew from some of the more damaging, long-term damaging elements. For example, there's no reason to leave the Erasmus programme or to leave the European University Institute. Uh, Universities are one of our major export sectors. Why damage those unnecessarily? So there's plenty of scope for any politician, any government to have discussions with the European Union to sort out some of the practical issues. So I'm an economist, not a political expert, but it seems to me this is all about internal management of the Conservative Party. And Mm. uh, the Prime Minister and Chancellor will have to decide how to deal with that. Um, Just briefly, um, we're coming towards the end of our conversation, Diane. Do you think that the Labour Party under Keir Starmer has got any... um, better solutions to you know the deep crisis really that britain is in and could be in for the next kind of two years at least there are no quick solutions to the crisis i think the challenge for any government labor or conservative is to um set out a long-term strategy for the economy which requires substantial investment by public and private sectors and stick to it and not keep changing fundamentally important structural policies all the time and to do so in a way that empowers other regions of the country outside London and the southeast to, to get on with things. It's not that there's any lack of talent, skills, energy, enterprise across the country, but the environment has become incredibly difficult for long-term investment. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.